That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hey, we're going to start the show here in just a second. But first, you know, there are a lot of good podcasts out there, including mine. But there's only one by a former chair of the California Democratic Party, progressive radio and TV host, and member of the White House Press Corps. Of course, I'm talking about the great Bill Press, longtime host of the Bill Press Show, and now host of the Bill Press Pod with his twice-a-week hard-hitting progressive take on all the evils of the Trump administration. This week, for example, Bill exposes Donald Trump's phony attacks on President Obama, takes on Bill Barr, the worst attorney general in history and slams Trump for refusing to wear a mask and taking unproven drugs while over 100,000 Americans have died of coronavirus. Plus, you'll hear Bill interview leading progressives like Maxine Waters, Eric Swalwell, Jerry Brown, and Pete Buttigieg, plus his weekly roundtable with three of Washington's top political reporters. That's why I subscribe to the Bill Press Pod, and you should too. Just go to wherever you get your podcast, search the Bill Press Pod, and click on subscribe. Then tell all your friends to do the same. Join me as a subscriber to the Bill Press Pod. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorable. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, May 27, 2020, and this is the interview edition of the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. So for today's show, I thought we'd take a teeny tiny break from politics and instead talk with two of the most talented musicians I know. The recording duo of Jen Farley from Gin Chocolate and Bottle Rockets and Mike Farley from the Mike Farley Band. And by the way, Mike is also the music publicist who's introduced me to so many of the indie bands I play here in the show. So today we're going to get to know the Farleys, and better yet, they're going to perform a few songs for us, too. I can't wait for that. Links to support their work in the description at bobseska.com. And by the way, please help support this podcast by subscribing at patreon.com slash show. All right, let's talk indie music with Mike and Jen. You're kind of the king and queen of my indie music playlist. Uh, tell me about how you guys met. I got to hear the story because we were doing soundcheck before we started and I'm listening to your voices and they match perfectly. I mean, I'm talking about Buckingham Nick's uh, vocal harmonies. Wow. And uh, it's just an incredible thing that not only do you find each other, you start a family, but you have these amazing voices that go so well together. How did you guys uh, end up bumping into each other? I think we should just let Bob praise us. <laughs> like, you we know, don't yeah. even need to say anything. <laughs> Keep going, Bob. You're doing great. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So uh, let's see. Twenty years ago, uh-huh. almost to the to the day, uh-huh. um, my band was having a, an album release party for the Half a World Away album, mm-hmm. um, and my friend Joe, who was a radio DJ at uh, John Carroll University, and in Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. right. right. Yep, he had my band on a few times. Like he was friends with my guitar player Jeff, and uh, he, I guess, talked Jen into coming to see us play. Yeah, yeah. Joe is my best friend, and and we had a band as well. Mm-hmm. So I was Joe's, uh, I guess, date, but not really because we were more like brother and sister. Um, <laughs> date to Mike's CD re- C- CD release party, and Mike yeah. and I met there. And um, yeah, we met in the uh, in the. It wasn't VIP the green room. room. Yeah, yeah, it was the, the VIP, VIP room. Um, at wow. the Odeon in Cleveland, Ohio, in the flats. Were you and living there at the time, Jen? Or Yes. Yeah, I'm okay. from Cleveland. I grew right. up there. Oh, wow. So and you're both from Cleveland. I'm originally from New York, from Long Island. But oh. I, I lived in Cleveland for like 12 years. Gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, our paths crossed through friends and music. And we met one night at his release party. And started talking and um, started playing music together and yeah. it kind of fit. Mm-hmm. Um, Incredible. And what yeah, did you, what nice. did you do to figure out that you could actually sing together and it would sound, <laughs> sound as good as it does? You know, I think like, didn't I help you with the demo and you yeah. re- recorded some, uh, some of my songs and some stuff that we actually wrote together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and we knew then I think, and then, um, and I, and also like I had been, joining their band on stage when you know a couple times to um to sing harmony with her mm-hmm. yeah and and it sounded good then and then we just we did a bunch of like acoustic gigs when when we lived there and we were living together it's so funny to think because one of my best friends in cleveland was kind of mad that i jumped into a relationship with mike <laughs> <laughs> okay you have, to, you have to explain right? why yeah. i had to get rid of a boyfriend before i could have a relationship oh, with mike yeah, <laughs> yeah, another live-in like so then I, it, was, <laughs> it was basically like i i moved in yeah so she later. so my friend got mad and then she saw us perform together uh-huh. um a couple of weeks later and she's like Okay, it makes sense. <laughs> it just makes sense. Yeah. You know what I'm amazed by? You mentioned Cleveland, Ohio. I'm amazed at the music scene in Ohio just in general. I mean, I have heard yeah. from so many Ohio-based bands that it kind of mm-hmm. blows me away. I mean, one great example, other than the both of you, is uh, Freak Bass. Mm-hmm. It's so astonishing to know that Ohio, of all places, has like... Uh, funk scene going on yeah and now you're both living in madison right you're in madison wisconsin yeah, yeah. what uh-huh. brought you both to madison oh another long and twisted road <laughs> we, <laughs> we got so true I, yeah, we um we got married in 2003 uh-huh. uh promptly promptly quit our jobs moved to nashville um where like i had just started this business and like i'd started as a side business i worked in car dealerships so oh, okay. I was like in corporate management and like, you know, I liked it at the time, but mm-hmm. I wanted to be in the music business so bad. Yeah. And then when I started this on the side, I was able to to do it full time when we moved barely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I wanted to kind of pursue songwriting. Jen was going to pursue like like um, singing demo work and things like that mm-hmm. and just other musical things uh, in Nashville. And 
um, once we had a kid, we realized it's not really the best place for us to raise a family. We heard so many great things about Madison, and both of us were just not in Nashville for the reasons why we went to Nashville originally. Mm -hmm. So uh, we checked out Madison, Wisconsin, fell in love with it, and uh, moved here, and we've been here 10 years now. Yeah. it's It really seems like the vibrant music scene that you had in Ohio is also there in, of all places, Madison, Wisconsin. There's just so much excitement and support and enthusiasm that goes on in the music scene here. Yeah, and, sure. you know, you could be a rapper, you could be a country duo, you could be a rock band and like people are going to just eat it up. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's great. And that's one thing that is, is different. I mean, Cleveland also has like a, a really great original music scene, mm -hmm. but it's also a cover band city. And, you know, like the, the biggest radio station there is probably WNCX, which is classic rock. And there's, there's a lot of cover bands. Yeah. Yeah, and there's not so much of that here. So it's more fertile in uh, Madison, you think, for uh, bands who perform original music, which you Absolutely. know inclu yeah. includes both of you. I mean, you do some mm -hmm. covers together, but at the same yes. time, you're also recording actively uh, your own music. Yep. Yes, and and they're yeah. rece they're receptive to that. It's not like ah, oh, you got to play more covers, you got to play Skinner. No, you gotta do this. no, yeah, no. no. You're not, well, you're not I mean, like you get the occasional Skinner, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but people really like they really actively search out local music here mm. it's crazy and we're so close to chicago we're so close to milwaukee we're so close to minnesota mm -hmm. like you you could travel you could tour and not be that far right right so so how many kids do you guys have uh, and are they musically inclined too i imagine the genetics are <laughs> leaning in that direction right we have yeah you would think we have one <laughs> one kiddo uh -huh. we have one kiddo and it's funny because um we saw uh, your little thing on uh, Stephanie Miller today, uh -huh. and we talked about celebrities, and we're like, we're not even celebrities in our own house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our kid does not want us to sing ever, 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 ever. Yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> he can, That kid can carry a tune, but I'm telling you, he, uh, he does not want us to play music. Unless it's the yeah, Beatles. He's <laughs> real weird about it, too. Like, he loves the Beatles. He loved loves the Wiggles. Wow. Uh, and, and thank God he's sort of grown out of that. And he, <laughs> he wants to listen to the Beatles or the Beatles, like, as solo artists. He, he listened to, like, some of my band's albums a lot, like, I don't know, for a year or two. Yeah. And now he doesn't want to listen to me at all. Oh, but he... <laughs> He so weird. Hates it when mommy sings. Yeah. Oh my god. Really? Yeah. Hate hates yeah. it. We should we should preface this. Our kid's on the spectrum. Yes. Oh, I see. He is okay. on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. However, still he hates it when they yeah. sing. <laughs> yeah, it started out when he was like when he was like four years old. Like mm -hmm. we'd start singing and and he'd say no song. What's his name yeah. again? His name's Jonathan. Jonathan. How's Jonathan handling all of the lockdown business and the, you know, you being know, isolated? It's amazing because I think he likes it a little too much. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but it's. He loves being like he he could spend hours by himself and like, 
he creates uh, videos on YouTube. Uh. The kid has over 41,000 YouTube subscribers to his <laughs> uh, his cartoon channel that he makes. Like, wow. Cartoons. Oh, yeah. yes, that's right. Okay. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that he misses he misses school. He misses the routine. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that he would like mom to get off of his back occasionally. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know that, uh, you know, that recording that that woman who's a teacher and she did that song on the ukulele where she like starts it off all sweet and then she screams. Have you heard that or saw, yeah. seen that? I haven't seen that yet. No. Oh, oh my God, that's so funny. I'll send it to you after okay. this. Got, good. Good. Yeah, that, that's basically how Jen feels every day. <laughs> 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 you know what? On that note, um, let's let's hear a song because I'm dying. This okay. is I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. I got to hear some music here. Let's hear "Home for Good." That's on the okay. uh, the new Mike Farley band B sides and Rarities album. Uh, that yeah. was originally recorded in 2001. But is that the uh, yeah. that's the version that was that's on the new album on the B sides and Rarities album? Yeah, we never released it. Uh-huh. Um, my, you know, that band, that lineup of that band, kind of split up, and we kind of changed direction. So we, I had this recording kind of for a long time. Um, I did record it on my solo acoustic album, Moments and Memories. That was in 2007. Um, but this is the first time that like the band actually released it. Oh, great. So we'll do our version of the two with us singing it. Right? And, and Jen, you didn't yeah. sing on the original version. You weren't on that? I did or? not. All right. Let's hear uh, Home for Good. All right. I've been 
for this day Never feeling confident There's been a hole inside my heart But the cure is being sent Reflecting on all of this time Days to ponder, months to heal Never losing hope She'd be back and back for real now She's got a motor and she's gonna come home She's gonna come home again. She's got a motor and she's gonna come home. She's gonna come home. Home for good. She's got a motor and she's home gonna come good. home. She's got a motor and she's home gonna come good. home. She's got a motor home for All right. <laughs> Mike Farley, Jen Farley. God, that goes Thank back you. 20 years. Can you believe it? Yeah. Does it kind of blow you away? No, when you... it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I was such I was such a fangirl of his band. <laughs> I wow. was such a groupie. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, you know, um, I try to mention whenever I think of it that your clients, Mike, compose about yeah. half of my playlist of indie bands. Uh, do you do uh, Michael That's J. Cool. Media, uh, your uh, publicity shingle? Do you do that as a full-time gig now? Is that basically oh, yeah. what you do as a job? And then also yep. with the music too, right? Yeah, but um, you know, for a while I was kind of just what I like to say semi-retired from music. Um, wow. When we first moved here, I didn't really do much. Jen and I uh, kind of started doing some acoustic stuff together, like mm-hmm. I don't know what mm-hmm. 2013 or mm-hmm. so. Um, and then she got started with her band in Chocolate and Bow Rockets in 2014, and you know, I just. For whatever reason, I I kind of didn't do that much over mm-hmm. the, the next few years until my band um, kind of reunited. Even though we, you know we live uh, we live in four different states, and in this case, mm. it was like Cleveland, Madison, Seattle, Portland, and wow. um, I wrote like a bunch of songs with Jeff, my guitar player, uh, over Skype, and we pieced the whole album where we stand. We pieced it together. Hmm. And never were in the same place at the same time. Oh my god! To do that, yeah. But then released that, and then kind of didn't do anything for a while. And now, like the quarantine stuff has kind of, you know, got me got me going again. Yeah, and yeah. It, fe- it feels good. <laughs> in fact, I, I, this is how I think of it: uh, Jesse Terry, Michael McDermott, Liz Ann Nod, and Brian Lissick are like the Mount Rushmore of the indie bands. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my I, God, they're going to love that. <laughs> well, I mean, they really are. I mean, they are yeah. superstars. And again, uh-huh. there are so many of these songs that really mm-hmm. deserve to have as big yeah. of an audience as possible. There, yep. There's so much uh, just incredible music that really none of us have, have heard about until we finally get introduced uh, to these yeah. bands by, by people like you. Is there ever that level of frustration where you go, 
man, McDermott should be uh, like a household name, <laughs> for example. He is, and, yeah. you know, he kind of has been. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he was at least when he first he signed his first record deal like mm-hmm. 25 years ago. You know, uh, Brian Koppelman, the creator of Billions. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. He used to be like an A&R guy, and he signed Michael. He got Michael's first record deal. Right. Um and, and they're still like really good friends, but oh yeah! In um, fact, uh, I talked with Michael about that, and he he yeah, ran into the bad. That's he, right. He ran into the Nirvana juggernaut, the <laughs> rise of yes. grunge. Oh, that's yes. right. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think uh, like but, Nevermind came out like a week after his album. Bad timing. Yeah. So so he's always battled that, um, mm. and you know he's battled other demons, but his music is so good, and his last few albums are so amazing. Yeah. That yeah. We get some good coverage, but it's always like a little bit frustrating that that he doesn't get the recognition that he should. Yeah. I mean, I tell people he's like a cross between Dylan Springsteen and Elvis Costello. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, again, everyone should be listening to this music. And it's just like, yeah. I, I can't get it out into the public fast enough uh, or yeah. lou- loudly enough. Yes. Also, I mean, yep. when, did, when did you decide, Mike, to be a publicist? Well, I mean, the, the band was doing really well in Cleveland at the time, like in 2000, 2001. And I kind of like I got this bug that I wanted to be in the music business after going to South by Southwest like like three or four times in a row. And uh, it kind of happened by accident. Like mm-hmm. my band was getting like radio airplay in Cleveland, like regular airplay we were on like the the morning show, the TV morning shows, nice. um, and we were just written about everywhere. We won like some awards, like best rock band and and things like that. And people started asking me, like people from other bands were like, "Hey, how did you make that connection with these people or that or whatever?" And then and then finally, one band's like, "Can can we pay you to do that for us?" And it was kind of almost a joke. And I'm like, "I guess we could try that." And <laughs> and. Like I had a little bit of success. I, you know, I was, um, I had always been like into writing and had done like a little bit of freelance writing here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to write press releases and I knew who to get it to. And so that's how it started. And it was all basically Cleveland artists that I was working with, um, at the time and pitching them both to the Cleveland media that I knew and like nationally. Yeah, and it's kind of like it. One thing led to another. But once we moved to Nashville, and I made more connections, it really kind of took off. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing! He would we when we moved to Nashville. He was like, "I can do this for at least three months, and then we'll see where it goes." Yeah, and then and three months would come. Well, let me let me try this for another three months. And right. See how it goes. Yep, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And here we are 18 years later. (laughs) I mean, did you seek out um, Americana recording artists, Americana Uh, bands, or did that just kind of come together naturally, organically? It it did um, because that was a lot of the connections I made in Nashville. That's what the artists were. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think like the, the biggest kind of light bulb thing was when I started doing referral work for a booking agency, New Frontier, and I still do. Um, and that's basically what all their artists are. I mm-hmm. think they have the Avid brothers and a bunch of others. Oh, I gotcha. like pretty, pretty big names. Mm. Um, and so once I got some of that work and then other work flowed from that, it went in that direction. And then when Americana got really huge, it's, 
that helped too. Yeah. <laughs> but before that, I was, you know, working with, with different genres, yeah. like even some like metal and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. <laughs> so how, how would you, how would you define Americana music? Cause it's, it what it feels like to me, it feels like what we used to call on radio classic rock, but it's, mm-hmm. it actually kind of has like one toe dipped into the realm of country music too. So there's kind of that, yep a little bit of that vibe. In fact, a lot of your Americana artists have things that kind of have that folk uh, country uh, sound to it, but but not yeah. all the time. It's sort of one of those things right. that I think a lot of your recording artists um, have a few songs that are along those lines, but then they also have that more traditional kind of Springsteen, Mellencamp kind of uh, American sound to it, American rock and roll yeah. sound to it. And, and what's yeah. Yes, exactly. And what's so great about all of it is it is still like that four-piece rock and roll. It doesn't have to be four-piece. Obviously, Gin Chocolate Bottle Rock is three-piece. But, I mean, the same kind of thing. Guitar, bass, drums, singer, rock and roll, mm-hmm. right? It seems like the last yeah. bastion of that, doesn't it? Yeah, and and I think you, you kind of labeled it correctly when you said, like, folk and country. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it when country became more like pop, um, the real country, so to speak, uh, became like what they called alt country. And yeah, then they yeah. started calling that Americana. Mm-hmm. And then Americana wound up, wound up being like full roots, blues, country, alt country, rock, pop, rock, pop yeah. rock with banjos and mandolins. <laughs> and, um, and that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of where it went. So it's, it's all over the map, which is a good thing. Okay, we're going to get back to Jen and Mike here in just one second. But if you're looking for the perfect Father's Day gift, Omaha Steaks can help. What does dad really want for Father's Day? Meat. Lots and lots of meat. And for a limited time, you can find a variety of packages filled with beautiful Omaha steaks, plus other premium meats, side dishes, artisan desserts, and so much more. All ideal for dad's special day. These packages come flash frozen, vacuum sealed, and delivered in a cooler with dry ice safely to his door. That means fresher than fresh, all backed by Omaha Steaks, unconditional 100% money back guarantee. And by the way, Omaha Steaks, the greatest customer service in the history of customer service. It's a simple, delicious way to treat dad this Father's Day, and you're giving him something he will actually enjoy. Right now, Omaha Steaks is offering access to a variety of amazing packages that are perfect to send dad for Father's Day. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code LIBERAL in the search bar. You'll see all of the great options available, many that include free shipping and a free one-pound package of their perfectly cured, incredibly thick applewood smoked steak-cut bacon. Visit omahasteaks.com, enter the code LIBERAL in the search bar to shop for Father's Day today. Remember to enter the code LIBERAL in the search bar at omahasteaks.com. Well, the unsolicited testimonials for Literati, the book club for kids, rolls in. JP says, my surrogate grandson Jack received his Literati books yesterday. He was so surprised and excited. This is a perfect gift for kids who are quarantined. He decided he would keep these two. He didn't want to read about Laura Ingalls Wilder. She's a girl. <laughs> You this that's the great thing about literati. You yeah. can keep the ones you want, send back the ones you don't. Every literati book contains five books based on a theme. Write your nephews have them. My ex's newborn. They loves love it. them, and they have stickers so they can keep them straight, so they don't get confused about whose books oh. are whose. Omg. 
Keep your favorites, send the rest back for free. For a limited time, go to literati.com slash Stephanie. 25% off your first two subscriptions. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go to literati, L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I dot com slash Stephanie. 25% off your first two subscriptions. America's number one book club for kids, Literati. It is essential in quarantine. That is literati.com slash Stephanie. Terms and conditions apply. The Bob Seska Show. Uh, When we were in Nashville and I was kind of like, hesitant to say this because I forgot who I was talking to, but there, <laughs> the, there was a dude next to us who listened to Rush Limbaugh and his car like blasting like in the middle of the night and had this girlfriend that they fought with. And then, you know, it was one of those like where the police would have to be called. And Oh, great. And people behind us were shooting like industrial strength fireworks um, the summer of own, like on the July 4th, oh 2009. And we, at that point we were like, we have to get out of here. So, <laughs> we, like, we were, sur- we were surrounded by very, uh, red voting yeah. people. And oh, right. like when Obama won the election, it's like, we couldn't even celebrate that. Right. <laughs> Except in our own, in, in our, our own, own bedroom. Like silently and quietly. <laughs> well, now you're in Wisconsin. I mean, you're kind of in Trump territory now, aren't you? Uh, uh, well, no, we're so like, we're surrounded by Trump territory. We still have yeah. like 40 square miles okay, of, gotcha. of a, a bubble. A, a big blue dot. <laughs> I mean, did you ever yeah. think that Wisconsin was going to be, well, it's not officially a red state, but it was red in no. 2016. I mean, did you ever oh, anticipate well, that that would happen? When Scott Walker won the governorship, it's oh, like, yeah. wait, we just left this. Yeah. God, you know what? Bad. I almost forgot about that tool. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the Trump thing has just erased anyone else from my head. It's just constant. Constantly right. about this guy, this gigantic, yep. unforgivable oh. pus monster in the White House. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do, yeah. You, do you look around? Do you drive outside like your neighborhood and stuff like that? And as you're driving around, you go, I, I can't believe these people were suckered into voting for that guy. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway. So, so Jen, are you uh, are you in the band working full time now? You and uh, Gin Chocolate and Bottle Rockets is that a, like a full time gig for you, or uh, do you it's, do something on the side? I mean, what what do you keep busy with? I mean, besides raising a child and all of that stuff. I mean, that yeah. all of that <laughs> so aside, yeah. yeah, that's a great question. Um, so no, Gin Chocolate and Bottle Rockets is not my full time thing. Mm-hmm. However, we'd love for it to be my full time thing because mm-hmm. we have so many different things that we're doing as yeah. a band. Um, the band is also doing motivational speaking and creating workshops and retreats and uh, different shows as well. Yeah. But when I'm not doing that, um, I just graduated from a professional coaching uh, certification program at the UW. So I'm a professional life coach now. Oh, that's great. And, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. going to I'm going to hire you. I think I might be your first client. <laughs> let's do it. Let's, could, let's yeah. do this. I could yes. use some life coaching myself. So, oh, yeah. Yes. She's awesome. Yes. She's so seriously a natural. Well, but you... I also yeah, I also work at the UW with students oh, okay. uh, at the Wisconsin Union. Nice, as nice. A program advisor. So. so, how did you decide what made you decide to get into life coaching? Well, the band has done so much in terms of empowerment for women mm-hmm. and writing songs that really spoke to the heart. Yeah. Um, so we were doing this motivational speaking and I felt like I needed some kind of credential. I needed some kind of, uh, I needed something to back what I was talking about. Yeah. I was also doing work with uh, student leaders um, at the Wisconsin Union and trying to mentor them and to advise them. And I felt like I needed help 
counseling mm-hmm. and like learning how to do this. So this program at UW um, had been on my radar for a long time. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to just give it a shot and see if I can finally combine my love of music and my love of working with students into one thing. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of where I am with coaching. Oh, it's right incredible. Now. Yeah. I, you know, the, the fact that you're actually using your voice, I mean, the fact that you're based as a, as a life coach, as a motivational speaker, it's kind of similar skill sets to being, a, you know, the lead singer in a band, right? I mean, it's kind of, you're kind of carrying the crowd yourself. Do you find that there's some, some of that overlap? It's amazing because I've really struggled with how to be authentic as a performer, as a coach mm-hmm. um, in so many different ways. Because in coaching, really, it's about listening and creating a relationship with people. And then as a performer, it's also about creating a relationship with the ba- with the crowd that you're with, mm-hmm. as well as with your bandmates. So it, there's so many different layers of authenticity. And um, coaching has really opened my eyes that I can be quiet and listen and be present mm-hmm. and still be authentic, as well as being a loud, badass rock star. Yeah, still be authentic. <laughs> she is that. <laughs> I, you she know, is like the to, bottle rocket of yeah. gin chocolate and bottle oh, rocket. Oh, okay. So, I mean, do each yeah. of you, yes. does, does the band title designate to each member of the band, like someone's gin, someone's chocolate, and, and of course, your bottle rocket, so. Yeah, so we we joke that we sometimes switch on and off, depending on our moods, <laughs> but really, Beth Kelly is the gin, Shondell Marks is the chocolate, because she's so sweet, and I am the bottle rocket. See, yeah. I, that and, just makes perfect sense now. I just, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. That's and like when a, you see us perform live it really mm. makes sense wow <laughs> well yeah, and, you and, talk about us blending well together they really blend well together absolutely and yeah. you know you have such a gorgeous singing voice when did you first discover you might be able to do this professionally uh yesterday <laughs> <laughs> i mean was there a moment when you're listening to a song on the radio at age 12 uh, or something like that and you start have, singing along and someone goes oh my god you have a beautiful singing voice jen well you so i have always been a singer yeah. i have like they my family has pictures of me five years old standing on like the hearth of the fireplace pretending it was a stage <laughs> so i like have I did theater when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I was in bands. Um, I was in show choir and doing the musicals. And um, so I have just always been out there and performing. Um, and it's always been a part of my life yeah. some, in some way or another. Mm-hmm. To actually be able to do it as a full-time profession, I'm I'm getting there. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, it's I'm not like a spring chicken either. So it's kind of – but it's – I'm – I'm at that age where it's like I give zero Fs now. I just want to go and do it. Yeah, I'm yeah. like let's 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 just live your authentic and fun life, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at. Well, let's hear let's hear another song. I mean, I, this is <laughs> yes, a, the next song here. This song, disguise, is also uh, coming up on the B sides and rarities album. And uh, it was originally released on your Blue album, Mike. And I, in fact, I played it on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, So let's hear, let's hear a live version of uh, Disguise with both of you. I joke that um, Mike wrote this song and it's 50% mine anyways. Yeah. So I might as well do something good with it. (laughs) Exactly. Was it for real? 
kicking and hoping we stand, then we kneel. Ask me, where have I been? Choked in a stranglehold where love meets with sin. A lifetime did occur, now we're dust upon the fur. Disguise. Wonderful, wonderful song. Oh, man. 
Yeah, sometimes I play uh, on the free show. I'm only able to play like the first 40 seconds, minutes or so of, of music. But I, I, I every single time I want to play the whole song. And when I played Disguise, that was one of those cases. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. God, I want to play this whole thing. And uh, well, that's uh, why you started the indie music countdown, right? Yes, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, it's a it's a platform, I think, to be able to do that, to do exactly that, and to put everything together in the, in the form of a countdown show. It's like Casey uh, Kasem. I love it. So, so I have a similar question for you, Mike, in terms of mm-hmm. when you first discovered you could sing and and you could actually play music, and you might be able to do it for for money in front of people. Mm-hmm. Was there a, a yeah. epiphany moment, sort of an aha moment for you too? Uh, I would, I don't think so, but when I look back on it, I mean, I always like was the kind of person that would put on a record and like air guitar, like in my bedroom, I would like do entire like sets like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) with nobody watching, nobody knowing I'm doing it until just now. (laughs) And, uh, so I knew that, but then I started playing guitar when I was, uh, 14 Mm -hmm. and, like two other guys that I knew um, were starting a band and they were like, Hey, why don't you learn bass and come play with us? We need a bass player. And I went to the guitar store and I looked, I'm like, I don't want to play that thing with four strings. (laughs) I want to play like the guitar. And like one of the guys said, well, why don't you just learn guitar then? And I did. And we started having like backyard concerts when Mm -hmm. I was 14. Yeah. Um, My band was called black Pearl or something like that. Hey, that's a great uh, name. That's a great name for a yeah. band, actually. Yeah. <laughs> usually, then, like, usually those teenage backyard bands have terrible, uh-huh. terrible names. For the exactly. Right. So then uh, that kind of grew into a band that I had like through high school mm-hmm. and we kind of evolved into a metal band. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. And like I, I loved at that point, I had never been much of a singer uh, until that band and i mean i really like enjoyed it and you know the harder i worked at it uh people started noticing that i could sing yeah (laughs) and um so yeah it's it kind of evolved naturally like that i guess were you getting contacted a lot by people who needed singers for the band i mean that to me when i was playing music the big Mm -hmm. commodity the rarity in fact was finding someone who could sing, uh, who could be the lead yep. singer in a band. Because it's you can kind of teach guitar, you can teach bass, you can kind of teach drums, although I find that drums are, are much more, uh, what would you call it, genetic-based. You got have to have that genetic yeah. ability to discoordinate your body parts. And that's a, right. that's a rare thing. But with singing, that is something that is almost impossible to teach. I mean, you can kind of get someone into an area where they're singing in key, but to actually have that spark, it's something that is so seldom found. So I imagine Mm -hmm. you had, uh, in fact, both of you had to have been constantly pestered by people. Come sing for our band. No, come sing for our band. Was that, was there ever kind of that bidding war over, uh, over your skills as a singer? For me? No. I mean, it was like, I had that band and I was usually only in one band at a time. Um, unless it was like thrown together for a talent Mm. show or something. Um, I don't think anyone ever said, Hey, come join my band. uh, And like not being something that I was already in. Um, Like right as we were getting together, Jen and me, we were asked to do a, a radio commercial for a car dealership oh in Cleveland. Oh my God, that's right. <laughs> wow. Like this was before we were like officially dating. Yeah. 
In fact, so, it was so, the night before 9-11. It was. Oh, yeah. my so God. So yeah. what, yes. what kind of car commercial was this? Were they looking for you guys to perform a song or something on the it car? Was, we did a jingle. It was we a did... jingle that oh. these two guys who ran a studio wrote, mm-hmm. and we were just there to sing it together. <laughs> oh, my God. So cool. and, and it and it played it played the whole season for the Cleveland Indians, like a, during the commercial breaks. Yeah, and I was like, oh, God. So we would hear ourselves <laughs> singing. So we did this, like, local commercial, this local jingle. Wow. And um and it was right before it was the day before 9/11 but it was right before we started officially dating. Yeah. Um oh my god. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was a car dealership. It was for a car dealership. Dick Bass does a handiwork. The sales staff gives the cars away at 4499 Northfield Road, the home of the Chevrolet. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I almost I want you to sing that. a, I almost want to hire you to sing a jingle for me for my show. We, <laughs> totally. Yeah, so we could fun. totally do that for I, sure. I'll, I'll be your life coach and jingle person. That's <laughs> right. Absolutely. I just, uh, I'll put you both on retainer or something and just, just whatever I need. Yeah. Um, so you guys are performing a lot together on Facebook. Is that happening every week? Um. Right, uh, we just finished the the band Gin Chocolate and Bottle Rockets was doing uh, virtual happy hours for mm-hmm. the last um, every week. We just had our last one. We figured with the warm weather, people don't want to be inside watching like us yeah. on Facebook. Right. But um, so we'll probably have some more. But since we're all the three of us were all in different spots, we couldn't perform on like Zoom or Facebook Live together. Mm-hmm. So we each individually would do a song. Um, we also featured a local um, venue, like a local bar or wine or beer place mm-hmm. um, in in the area. So people knew like these these venues would have us play. So we wanted to support them in some way while they were closed d- during um, the quarantine. So it was really fun. And so Mike and I would play at least one song together a night. And um, we've done... We did a thing for Americana Highway, which oh, was, yeah, that was last um, week. a half hour little Facebook Live hmm. thing as well. Yep. So Mike and I, every um, New Year's, we have a resolution that we want to play at least two shows together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because of quarantine, we have hit that uh, and resolution then and then some. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we also did like a couple parodies. We did like one of of one of my songs, <laughs> Far Away, and turned yes. it into Six Feet Away. Yes. Um <laughs> And That's then, good. yeah. And then we did uh, this song, Two of Us, the By Beatles, the Beatles. Uh, mm-hmm. as three of us with our because son. we have three three people in our house. Yeah, so. right, right. So it's like the three of us being home kind of thing. Right. Yeah. You want to play the Beatles song? You want to play Two of Us here? Sure. Great. Yes, yeah. that would be great. It was. Uh, yeah, we were went under the luckiest. Um, right. Our wedding song was Ben Folds, the luckiest. Um, so we just went with that. As okay. Our, cover thing now we're just going by the farleys yeah right, the farleys so it's not cover to cover anymore it's uh the farleys yeah and we don't have to explain that to people we're right just like the farleys so, so the like, cover oh, yeah. to cover is the name of the ep but we're the, gotcha. we are the farleys yeah. all right perfect perfect so let's hear two of us by uh the beatles all right two of us riding nowhere spending someone's Driving, not arriving on our way back home. 
latches, lifting latches on our way back home. We're on our way home. We're on our way home. We're going home. You and I have memories longer than the road that stretches out ahead. Two of us wearing raincoats, standing solo in the sun. You and me chasing paper, getting nowhere on our way back home. We're on our <laughs> Wonderful. This is uh, such a privilege to hear this music live. I mean, I feel like uh, just an audience of one. In fact, I'm literally an audience of one right now, at least, yeah. at least for now. Uh, so tell me, what is next for not only the Mike Farley band, but all of your clients, Mike, and then also what's next for Gin Chocolate and Bottle Rockets? Well, for me, uh, my band was going to do a, a reunion show uh, last this past weekend. Yeah. Um, and it was like the 20 year anniversary of half a world away coming out. And of course we had to, we had to scrap that, uh, until probably next year, hopefully next year. Mm. Um, so that's why we had those recordings we were sitting on and I wanted to get something out. Um, so that's why we did that. But otherwise, you know, we'll, I'll probably write more with Jeff and we'll probably record again. He moved from Seattle to Detroit, so he's closer. Yeah. Um, so we might eventually to get into doing more stuff. Um, clients, uh, you know about Michael, his album, uh, What in the World, comes out next Friday, this June 5th. Um, great, great. I, I've got, uh, like, Brian Lissick's album is coming out, I think, toward the end of the summer. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got two other projects, too. Um, Scott Cook, Canadian singer-songwriter, I got I got to remember to send you his stuff like today because you're going to be blown away. Oh yeah, I can't um, wait. He he's got a song called Say Can You See that is uh being released like as a single. Um hmm. it's amazing. He's Canadian but he sings it as if he's an American and uh big time progressive and he's like a writer of like like politics and stuff too. Oh, so um cool. and then this this other thing called Right by the Sea where it's um it's uh, this rock by the sea organization had like they stuck a bunch of songwriters in the house mm -hmm. um, and had them write, uh, record 
and release <laughs> um, a whole album's worth of stuff in like a week. Um, nice. And that's really amazing too. Yeah, yeah. Just incredible. And Jen? Yeah, and Jen. Yeah, yeah. For Jen so Chocolate Jen, Bottle Rockets? Well, right now we're kind of just waiting to see when we can perform live again. We're taking it uh, gig by gig. Um, mm-hmm. So I think everything in June has been canceled um so we will see what july brings in august but we're just being very cautious um because we want to be socially responsible as well um but we are also working on an awesome show hopefully we'll be able to perform it in the fall um it's a tribute to the trio dolly parton emmylou harris and linda ronstadt um nice we're going to create a show around that we also are still doing our motivational speaking of living in harmony um where we talk about how music and your life can correlate and we're just um doing more facebook live things and recording together as when we can so um we are still pushing and cooking and do you think the streaming video is going to become a marketable outlet for live performances going forward I, seems like a I new really, yeah, yeah new world things have to change things yeah. things are going to change and uh so we're all kind of jumping into a new phase of things and yep no, I knew that like that that was going to be a possibility like once this whole quarantine started mm-hmm. that well bands aren't touring they have to do something and it kind of all just like there was this groundswell of it um, and it's been pretty pretty cool to see mm, uh, yeah. but I think you know there's only so much you can do of that <laughs> right and uh, yeah and plus bands are, are like not living all together so yeah, yeah. they're having to kind of do things separately which is not Mm -hmm. always easy yeah it seems like it's now starting to catch on as a thing i think it's only a matter of time as people become accustomed to uh, maybe keeping an eye out on social media for live performances whereas maybe before it wasn't even really on anyone's radar the idea of sitting in front of a you know a facebook window or something like that and and watching a band uh, perform live but now it seems like there's almost a, a process of adaptation where yep. the fact that it's happening now kind of puts the taste in everyone's mouth. Like, Oh, yep. I, I get it now. You can kind of do this on the internet. You can kind of have these live performances and um, yeah. not that they'll and, necessarily replace, you know, being in person live, but right. at least as something to fill in the gaps, maybe as a, as a possibility too. Yeah, at least yeah. for now. And how and, lucky are we that we have this kind of technology? Yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah, so. exactly. And, and exactly. It, like we did last week, we we got to interact with fans, or Jen did <laughs> while we were doing that set for Americana Highways. Um, yeah. so, so that was cool. There's a lot of that happening, which is great. Well, Farley's, thank you so much for sitting down with me and especially, especially for performing for us today. Yes, for, thank you for the opportunity and for all that you do for musicians out there. And yep. absolutely really my pleasure. Special. Yeah. Special. Ab- yep. Thank you. And thank you for introducing me to all these bands. And and in fact, not only bands that are your clients, Mike, but also bands like Young Gun Silver Fox, who I'd never oh, heard of before yeah. until you mentioned those guys to me. And I, and now I'm just a I'm a Obsessed. super fan of <laughs> Yeah. They're so good. They're yeah. so good. I actually did work with them for like a couple months to help them like get some exposure in the US. Oh nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hopefully they're kind of at the vanguard of the resurgence of yacht rock. It's kind of oh, an amazing yeah. thing to observe. Just as soon as it it's gets on everyone's, yeah, exactly. I think it's now on everyone's radar. Uh, the whole yeah. idea of going back to that genre that 
It seemed like for a long time it was extinct, and now it's kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you again for all of that, and thank you to the both of you once again, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again. All right. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Take care. Good luck. Bye-bye. Oh, hey, don't turn off the show just yet. Now more than ever, we're all thinking about our hygiene. We're washing our hands. We're sneezing into our arms. But what about your cell phone? It's a disgusting carrier of germs. It's gross. Disgusting. (laughs) I'm phone shaming you. That's right. Phones are a vector for disease, and we rarely clean them. We're constantly touching our phones with our hands and even pressing them to our faces. It's time to take cleaning your phones seriously. The Clean Phone Pro Sanitizer uses medically proven UV light technology to kill 99.99% of all bacteria that comes in contact with your phone. Better than wipes and safe for your device, the Clean Phone Pro gets every inch of your phone clean with nine high power UVC lights. There's a dedicated wireless charging pad on top of the chamber. You can be sanitizing your other items while wirelessly charging your phone or just use the Clean Phone Pro as your go-to charging station anytime you want. A fully removable top means easier fit for more items and larger items too. Go to thecleanphone.com today and get one for just $89 and free shipping when you use the code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word. If you're serious about hygiene, it's time to get serious about cleaning your phone. Go to thecleanphone.com and keep your phone truly clean. Remember to use the code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, for two-day free shipping, and it's going to ship immediately. That's thecleanphone.com, thecleanphone.com.